God One Ministries would like to humbly thank our gracious supporter, Heritage Roofing Incorporated, for today's show, and also for being our partner in taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Welcome to the Apostles' Call. Coming to you today from Ephesians 4, he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Friends, family, partners, join us now as we journey into the Word of God. And now your host, Apostle R.C. Coyle. Praise God. This is Apostle R.C. Coyle of the Apostles' Call. Tremendously thrilled to be here today with my co-host, my partner in the gospel, Pastor Rufus Burton from the First Presbyterian Church in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Apostle R.C., it's great to be with you today. Pastor Rufus, I always love discussing the Word of God with you. You're an amazing illustrator. You're amazingly knowledgeable and talented. I was listening to you last week on the show, and I was thinking, wow, how blessed I am to be a part of of this ministration of the gospel. Well, it, it is always good and pleasant to be with you talking about the Bible and the glories of our Lord Jesus. It is, in the midst of a lot of different things that we deal with in life, and that's the way we'll put it this week, in the midst of a lot of sometimes trials and tribulations and stresses and struggles, it's always just a prime opportunity, a great blessing for us to be able to talk about the Word of God and how the Word of God transforms us in the midst of whatever we're dealing with. Oh, you're absolutely right. Pastor Rufus, as we talk about transforming, I'd like to dedicate this show to some friends of ours. I'd like to dedicate this show to Better Life Ministries. This is a ministry Pastor Steve and Ashley Moon have become just amazing workers with God One Ministries and in this community in helping to get people to rehab clinics, helping to go out into the community and minister to people that are in addictions and afflictions. And Better Life Ministries is really a game changer in this area in helping to reform this area and the people of this area that have had problems with addictions. So indeed, and they do tremendous work, and they have a a great witness and um, really a ministry that honors the Lord and displays a real heart for the people of this region. Yes. We just praise God for Pastor Steve and his wife, Pastor Ashley, for all the work that they do with God One Ministries and in this area. And this show today is dedicated to them. We pray that God bless their ministry and all that they do. Amen. Now, Pastor, for the greatest word we're going to speak ever, God's Word. So we find ourselves at the start of the book of Joshua. And Joshua, you recall, is the first book after Deuteronomy. If folks have kind of made it that far in their attempt to make it through the Bible, you get to Joshua, and the the story kind of picks up. But Moses has died on the edge of the Promised Land, and in Joshua, Joshua the son of Nun, one of the faithful spies, leads the people into the land. And what this book is really about is about our dependence on the Lord and on the Lord's requirement of exact obedience 
from us so that when the Lord tells us to do something, we trust and believe him enough to do it. And that really is much of Joshua's ministry and much of what he teaches the people of Israel as he leads them in their conquest of the land. And so from Joshua chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. This is God's holy and inerrant word. Pastor Rufus, as you say that and you read that word, it gives me cold chills. Hmm. You say this is God's holy and inerrant word, and I believe that, and I know that you do. So with that said, those words that were just spoken within the confines of the introduction to Joshua, I think about them in my spirit, and I imagine myself to be Joshua. I put myself in that place and think, how amazing are those words that God has spoken to Joshua and also that he has spoken to us as we attempt to go out and take the promised land, to build God's kingdom upon this earth. And I hear God say things like, every place the sole of your foot tread upon, that have I given you, as I said to Moses. I I hear God say things like, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Like God says, no man shall be able to stand in your presence. And I think, we got it made. Joshua had it all. But then I also think about this, the rest of the book of Joshua. Because Joshua went from that place right there to fighting battles until he breathed his last breath upon this earth to take the promised land. And all of a sudden, like, the fire and the intensity and the passion of those first five verses start getting balanced out by the work and the steps that have to be taken as he treads upon new ground. And I go back to thinking about how God has really worked in our lives. You know, we are lunging out into new and really somewhat unknown territory. I I can't imagine. You have done incredible work at the Presbyterian Church. I I think it's been years ago now that you converted uh, one of your um, sanctuaries into really uh, an evangelistic um, room, a room in which you would minister and go out and evangelize, and you would use it for something that was totally different than that of normal churches in that it would just be people inside the walls. It was to really launch people outside the walls. And you've been in the community doing incredible work, reaching out with your church, reaching out with your gifts and your talents and all that you have. 
and going into places that, let's face it, a lot of Presbyterians are uncomfortable with. But in doing that, it hasn't been comfortable, has it? No, not particularly, but that's... The promise is not comfort or ease. The promise is that the Lord will be with us in these things. And that's really what we see Joshua doing, is modeling the faithfulness he requires of the people. And most of Joshua's problems in the book come from the the faithlessness of those around him. And what that looks like is failing to trust that word, somehow distrusting the presence and faithfulness of God. Because when you have to do God's work for him, you know, then you've got to double-guess him, you've got to, you know, really stress and strain and struggle, and it always comes to nothing, always comes to nothing. And this is what Joshua's constantly reminding um, the people, that they need to be faithful, they need to do what the Lord has commanded, and if, if they are faithful, and if they do do what the Lord has commanded, then it will come out right, and, you know, we know it will come out right because the Lord is faithful and true, and that all of these promises given to Joshua here in these first five verses and, and um, reiterated in verses five to nine are repeated in chapter 23 as Joshua reminds the people that these are promises for them. And so it means we can step out in our own lives. We can do the things that kind of stretch and make us grow in our own lives. And that's part of growing in the Christian life because the Lord is, is faithful to us, particularly when we are obedient to his call, his will, and his way. I want to ask you a question. Let's say five years ago in your ministry, now you've been at the First Presbyterian Church now for 15 years. Mm-hmm. This is your, your anniversary. Yes. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And you've been, if I'm not mistaken, 20 years in the ministry. Right. If we went back five years to when you were at the First Church for 10 years, can you even imagine that you would be doing the things that you're doing now back at 10 years <laughs> no, no. I mean, the the ministry looks the same kind of from, from the outside, if you will. I mean, it, there's a lot of preaching. There's a lot of teaching. I mean, it, it looks the same, but its its shape is very different. And one of the things that shapes the ministry and has shaped it so differently is addressing the crises that we find now in, in our area. I mean, in the sense that um, five years ago, I didn't realize how much of my ministry would interact with um, addiction, with substance use disorder, with um, kind of the the brain disorders that come with that and the stuff that grips, um, you know, our, our town and our communities and the hopelessness that is kind of endemic with those kinds of problems. And so you retool the ministry, you reshape the ministry, and you step back in to offer, you know, comfort and ministry in those situations. But that's a very different situation than the one, you know, in which I arrived or the one that even pertained five years ago. But, you know, we're able to step out into that because we know the Lord is faithful, uh, that the Lord honors the work. 
And so, you know, the exciting stories that come from Gods in the Park in, in Moorfield, um, you know, thinking of, of, of Pastor Tom and the altar call and just one person responding to that altar call, but the one person fleeing literally half mile, right, running from sin to find help and deliverance. Five years ago, I never would have seen that, you know, but this year, Praise the Lord for that witness, for that testimony, for, you know, just his continued presence and grace. But again, what's behind much of that is the fact that the people of God, um, you know, and in this case, Godwin Ministries, faithfully steps into that gospel work. And so, although the things we step into change, the gospel work really doesn't change. Pastor Rufus, I have to be candid with you. I think back to where I was at 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was ministering to people with numbers on their chest. A <laughs> little different ministry. Looked a lot different than it does now. But it was the same God. It doesn't matter about the location. It doesn't matter if it's someplace desirable or undesirable. It's the same God. And if God says he's going to do it, he will do it. But I think now about where we're at and how far we've come in such a short period of time. And I think to myself, I could never imagine that I would be on the air partnering with all the different churches, all the different people, but on the air with somebody that has a degree from Princeton, somebody that has studied in England for 12 years, somebody that has the education and the upbringing and the breeding in our world that you do. But God, and, that, and that's the situation, but God. And, and I think that our show and our work together in the ministry has been an absolute just glory, blessing, uh, a pleasure for me. Hope it has been for you. It, 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 it's been wonderful because we continue to get to talk about Jesus, his faithfulness, his grace, and his truth, and his life-transforming spirit in our lives and in the life of the community. Yes, and I think to myself, Pastor Rufus, how did I get here? How did this happen? And I'll tell you what I believe it goes back to. When we were getting ready for Moorfield, and I, I didn't even realize this at the time, but this was the third large event we had done in 90 days. Now, for those of you that are out there listening that have never been a part of one of these Gods in the Parks, which are kind of like a county fair for Christ, there's all kind of things going on, and there's thousands and thousands of people that are there, it is an arduous work, a blessed work, a work that we just feel tremendously um, fortunate to be a part of, but at the same time, it's a work that takes more out of you than you could ever imagine is in you. So now here we are for the first time, three large events within a 90-day period, and I couldn't even imagine doing one a year before this. So now we're at a place where we're having to step into a level that I've never imagined. And I'm having trouble getting there. Just being transparent over the air, transparent to all the people that are out there listening that maybe in ministry and maybe they need some help going to the next level or taking the next step. Hopefully we can give you that that hope and instill that that just extra grit that you need 
to go to that, that next step that might be the most arduous you've ever taken, but will be the most prosperous you've ever taken. Pastor, as we were getting ready to go to Moorfield, and it was looking like it was going to destroy our ministry. I was deep in prayer with the Lord and tremendously tight at that point with Holy Spirit. And I said, Holy Spirit, how can this possibly be done? In the natural, it cannot be done. God has told me I have to step into the supernatural. How do I do that? And as simple as his voice could be, the Holy Spirit just said to me, step. Do what Joshua did. Just step. And as you step, if you just make the effort, I will give the momentum. And I have to tell you this, something set in my spirit right then where I realized that actually I don't have to accomplish this work. In fact, my efforts lots of times pale in comparison to what is really necessary to get the work done. But as I step, Holy Spirit adds a momentum that only Holy Spirit could add. And, and I think about like the work that we got done in Moorfield. We had in lots of cases, everybody that originally anticipated being a part of that event had abandoned the, the ship. But it didn't matter because Holy Spirit was the wind beneath our sails. And Holy Spirit was pushing us onward and knew exactly what it was going to take for us to get there. And I think about like this book of Joshua, when Joshua was going into each and every one of those battles, I think he knew what the Lord had recently taught me, is that he just had to keep stepping. Holy Spirit would keep adding the momentum, and he would see amazing barriers broken down. I saw an example this week that I thought was amazing, and it was a pastor from the Glades Church in Florida, and he was talking about this exact thing he was talking about how God adds the power to our life and he had a series of dominoes on the stage one of them was was one of the smallest dominoes I've ever seen it could only have been ounces the 12th domino in the series of those you know lined up dominoes was 60 pounds Hmm. and he was trying to demonstrate the fact that as those dominoes fall they can knock down very big obstacles. What was amazing to me is he took a pair of tweezers and turned over the first domino, but by the end of those dominoes falling, that 60-pound weight had fallen like the first one did. And that's an exact example of what Holy Spirit does in our life. It knocks those big obstacles out of our way if we'll just step with him. Oh, for sure. And that's that's what that's so much of what Joshua's witness is about to us. It's so much of the witness of the prophets. It's so much of the witness of the apostles, right? That faithfulness requires you to continue to walk in obedience and in faith. And often we become hesitant because we want, we want to be extra sure. You know, we're, we're willing to do it for the Lord. We're willing to be obedient if he shows us that it's going to come out all right. Well, he's made his promises. He's told us what to do. Yeah, but then we kind of, you know, will it be as comfortable as I expect? Will it be what I want? Will it be for my good? 
And one of the remarkable things about this anniversary, so the, the 15th anniversary of, of, of coming here to Martinsburg, is that I'm a much better Christian now than I was then. Um, everything, you know, the Lord continues to work all things for my good and my salvation. But 15 years ago, it's not the road I would have picked. You know, I would have not picked the narrow way. I would have picked the wide level and easy path. And there's one place the wide level and easy path goes. But, you know, again, the witness of the prophets, the apostles, the witness of Joshua is to proceed in faith. He's told us, he's given us enough to go on. We can do it. It just requires that we do it. And there's, there's much in this that's just like life. You know, it's one thing to sit around all day thinking about dinner. It's quite another to begin to make it. You know, it's quite, it's something to want it. It's something to begin to, to make it happen. So, you know, it's always that first step that is the difficult one, which is why, you know, in the Great Commission, Christ reiterates just precisely these promises to his disciples. He will be with us. And where wouldn't you go you know, w- with Jesus, because he's with you always. And so that's, you know, that's what's happening here, and that's what happens in our lives. And, you know, sometimes it's scary, but sometimes it's what we have to do. I think it's also a problem for us when we have these grand expectations of how we would do it. Because lots of times our grand expectations and our thoughts of how we would do it land us in a place that we absolutely never wanted to be. And I think that in the book of Joshua, what God is showing Joshua step by step, you know, each ground, each battle he wins, each new conquest he takes over, God is showing him that God's way is much better than our ways, that his thoughts are much better than our thoughts. And, and I think the problem that I have, Pastor Rufus, is that I still have thoughts I still have imaginations of how I want to do it. I remember this past week, God called me to do something that was absolutely imperative I do it, but absolutely last on my list as far as want to do it. And I reluctantly went forward in doing it. I say that in a humdrum way because that's the way I felt. And after I did it, I have to be candid with you. I came out of the meeting. I sat there in my car, and I was almost to a place, Pastor Rufus, where I was ready to cry, just ready to start weeping. Because it was unimaginable to me that I had put myself through that much stress and strain to go and do something that absolutely was of God, that absolutely had a phenomenal result for my benefit, and took pressure and stress off me that never would have been off me otherwise. But in God pushing me into that, nothing about it looked like it was going to be for my gain. And everything about it was for my gain. But not just for the temporary situation that I was dealing with, but also for the situation that I had been dealing with for years in which I was actually dealing with things that were in me that needed to be gone. And that's where I think we miss it with the Lord. The Lord not only wants us to um, take the promised land. He not only wants us to win the battle, but the battle he really wants us to win is the change and the shift in us that makes us look more like him. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is what 
you know, Paul is behind the point Paul's making when he says, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so here's Joshua, who's got a regenerate mind from the start, who knows that he can count on the Lord's promises. And that's what marks him out from the other spies. Um, you know, he, he knows he can trust the Lord. Well, then he's got to live into that, and it's difficult for him, and it causes him stress and strain. And by the end of the book, he knows it. You know, he stands in front of the people and says, you know, y- y- you can't do this. I mean, he, he knows what is deep inside them, and he knows that without the Holy Spirit's help, it, it's certainly impossible. So, too, with us. I mean, we need the Holy Spirit's help to be faithful. You know, we need his power. We need his presence, but we can count on his presence and his power. We can count on that to be faithful, and so when we go to uh, Jericho, we'll meet someone like Rahab who's converted just by the news of what the Lord has done in Israel, and so she joins a new people, and you know, never would have seen that or been a part of that. You know, move past Jericho, we get to Ai, and, you know, difficulties attend them there, but eventually they take the city. And so they end up in places where, you know, in cities that they haven't built, harvesting fields that they didn't sow. You know, so too in our lives, that, that victory comes, but it, it looks different. But what it looks like is having to trust the Lord and his word. That reminds me, I remember when I left a deep, dark place called Federal Prison. And I was embarking on a new life. Now, I was like Joshua in a whole different place. This was a whole different person that had gone in. This was a person now that was built in the image of God because of the word of God and the years spent with God. But it was still embarking on a world that was new to me now, on a world that was unsure, on a world that was in lots of ways unstable to me. But I want to say this. The Lord gave me a word, and the word he gave me, he said, I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. I really didn't know what that meant at that point. I knew how it translated in John when the Lord spoke it there. But I didn't know how it would translate for me. But it's amazing to me what God's done now after all these years is just like Joshua. Joshua entered into the labors of Moses and all the other people that went before him in Israel. And Holy Spirit had given him a momentum that was meant for that day at that point in that time in history. And I feel that we're living that now, where if we'll just take a step, if we'll just put out the effort, Holy Spirit will give us a momentum that is applicable to the whole reason God created us, the whole purpose he created us for this exact time in history, for this exact place, and for the work that's being done as God's kingdom's being built upon the earth right now. And I want to say this to people that are out there listening. If you think there's no way your life can change, If you believe that your life and promise and hope are over, you're wrong. Today is the day that you can take a step. 
take that step, that first step, that ultimate, most important step of your life and say, yes, Jesus, come into my heart. In business, you've got enough issues hanging over your head. Worrying about your roof shouldn't be one of them. So Heritage Roofing has you covered. Whether it's putting a new roof on right or properly inspecting and upkeeping your existing one, we know your roof from top to bottom. Did you know one out of three roofs never reach their life expectancy? And almost half of all premature roofing failures are due to poor workmanship. That's why periodic inspections and routine maintenance can increase the life of any roof system by up to 50%. We take photos before we start and after we're finished. It's like bringing the roof to you. Heritage also offers complete inspections of our work before, during, and after the project. Even if we didn't put the roof on, we're happy to do your inspection. Our job is to make sure your roof does its job. Heritage roofers, inspectors, and estimators are up to date before we ever go up on your roof. We take classes on the latest safety codes, we earn certifications, we understand the latest technology, and we know whether manufacturer's warranties are available for your roof. Our lead inspector is one of only a few hundred registered roof consultants in the entire country. And our master technicians have been recognized with three national awards. Heritage Roofing is trusted throughout the four-state area for all types of commercial roof installation and repair. From corporate and industrial to government agencies, boards of education, financial institutions, healthcare facilities, places of worship, and more. For prompt, reliable, high-quality repairs, Heritage Roofing has raised the standard. We exceed the commercial service industry standard, and we've earned our reputation as service industry leaders. Your business has to keep its eye on the bottom line. So when it comes to your roof, put us on top of it. Heritage Roofing.